The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the revolution. Are you ready? I'm ready! 10-4, copy that. Back for more, huh? Ladies and gentlemen, The Revolution with Jim and Trev is on the air. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. My name is Trav and his name is Jim. And we'd like to wish you all a happy Thanksgiving. Hey, hey, hey. Turkey Day. Giblets, gravy, and pie. We hope you spend the day out hunting because everyone knows that Suck. My mother-in-law's a devil. <laughs> Why are you bleeding? I don't know. <laughs> All right, so Thanksgiving is uh, three weeks away. That is really hard to believe. Three weeks. Uh, and it's even harder to believe that I'm actually surprised you're bleeding right now. <laughs> uh, do you know what I woke up to this morning? You know, what's, it's not even that? it's not even Thanksgiving yet. Uh-huh. I woke up to Christmas music. <laughs> Seriously, the kids, 5 a.m. this morning, the kids were playing Christmas music. They said, it's November. Uh, we can do that. All right, so this is November, and we are talking the DIY Outdoorsman on today's show. That's right. We've got Scott Laseth. He's the host of Dead Meat. Uh, yeah. And also uh, Dave Fulson, who mm-hmm. is the host of Trigicon's World of Sports of Field. And big surprise, we're going to have Jimbo on the show. Yes. Uh, that's a good thing. All right, so yes, two great if guests. bleed out first. So cool. Yeah. Do you need a Band-Aid? Well, eventually. Jimbo is medium <laughs> rare right now, folks. All right, so let's speak of medium rare. Let's get to Scott Laseth. DIY Outdoorsman is on this week's Revolution with Jim and Trav. A little harder to control than I thought. Now kicking off a three-part interview with Scott Lasev, host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Well, this is fine festive music. Makes Jimbo want to go swing dancing. Well, of course. All right, so yes, we are being joined by Scott Laysath. He is the host of Dead Meat. All new Season 5 kicks off this Saturday on Sportsman Channel, uh, 12.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Mr. Scott, how's it going, buddy? It's going well, fellas. We finally got some rain here in California. It's 212 days without measurable rain. Yesterday, we got five and a half inches. <laughs> yeah, and part of Lake Tahoe ended up in Sacramento. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it actually slid down here from uh, all the fires, so there's not a whole lot of vegetation left. But you know what's amazing? We had million-plus acres burn. One fire was over a million acres this last summer, and yet you go most of the national forest doesn't look any different. So it's just so huge here. It was funny. I was in Seattle earlier this year, and I talked to a couple who said, oh, yes, I understand why California's on fire. All those houses are on top of each other. But that's not where the fires are. The fires are in the national forest, and we don't manage our forests. And so that's my one political statement for the day. Mm, I thought everyone like Newsom. Isn't he a, like, a great guy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, he's really popular. Really popular with my friends, let me tell you. All right, so let's move on to something that is popular, and that is you, Mr. Scott. Um, one thing I want to point out, oh, first of all, we won a national award with you. 
on our radio program. That's right. And the only reason we won it was because you were on the program. <laughs> um, so, no, congratulations. <laughs> I doubt that. No, no. So, congratulations. It was with SEOPA, Southeastern yeah. Outdoor Press Association. Giving us some clout. Um, no, what oh, is cool. what is so neat, though, as an outdoorsman, you know, we talk about antelope hunting, elk hunting, whitetail hunting, deer hunting of any sorts. And that's primarily what most outdoorsmen and women stick to. You, on the other hand, do all sorts of crazy adventures. You eat all sorts of amazing wild game and you feature it on dead meat. And I think it is so refreshing and neat and almost encouraging people to really step out of their comfort zone, their boundaries that they stay confined to, uh, to explore new and interesting things, Mr. Scott. Well, and, it, and it's true. And, you know, they Sportsman Channel came to me years ago and said that they wanted to talk to me about hosting the show. And at the time, I had Sporting Chef just cooking regular old fishing game with a bunch of people that I still love doing. Oh, yeah. But we've been able to connect with some really cool people and find some interesting things and parts of animals that some are better than others. <laughs> um, but, the, the, I mean, the cool part about it is just getting to see what else is out there besides mallards and white-tailed deer? Well, you know, the interesting part about having you on the show, you know, oftentimes, like when I go speak somewhere, they talk about you and the different things that they've had. But I find that when I talk about eating muskrat or, or possum or raccoon, people just kind of turn up their nose and walk away. But frankly, there's a lot of things out there you can eat, isn't there? You know, there is. But, you know, you mentioned a couple right off the bat that aren't on my top 20 list. <laughs> um, what? But, but for some people, there are people out there that just love muskrat. I mean, I'm sure I've talked about it before. There's a restaurant in Maryland that serves uh, muskrat for twelve ninety five. Got a. I think they might have taken the head off. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> That's a shame. But it's basically a whole muskrat. And for twelve ninety five on Wednesdays, you can go to uh, the Pittsville Cafe and um, and have muskrat. Now I've found that muskrat is a little dark and stringy and muddy tasting, but you know you can make anything edible if you try hard enough. Mm -hmm. It's just some things aren't really worth the effort. Yeah, I thought you were kind of describing Jimbo there. Yeah, or my Dark, old girlfriend. Muddy. <laughs> uh, one thing you did, though, and I, I, I want to get into because I think it's really interesting. Uh, you're in Roswell, New Mexico, home of the aliens. Uh, you guys took a bunch of doves. Are those the, the regular morning doves or not? No, no. You know, so this is a group that's been going there for years, and they I tried to get with them last year. Obviously, things weren't working out last year. But yeah. on a normal year, this if the full group shows up, they're going to shoot around 1,200 to 1,500 doves. Wow, now, really? Uh, we shot four or 500 of them. Mm -hmm. Six of them on day one were morning doves. The rest were the collared Eurasian doves. Now, those are nice. Those are big. They're big. They're delicious. They at least half again as big as a morning dove. And there's no limit, no season. So, um, I mean, you can shoot them in June if you want. If you're able, if you can distinguish between that and a morning dove. Um, we were in Roswell where, you know, it's all about aliens and the whole town. The uh, McDonald's there looks like a spaceship. <laughs> um, there's antelope everywhere. It was very cool. We had a big, big feed at a at a doctor's house after that, and you're going to see more doves killed than you have in a long time. Now, didn't you partake in a little uh, pigeon as well? 
we shot the snot out of the pigeons. They Did were really? everywhere. And these aren't city pigeons that are, you know, eating cigarette butts and diapers. <laughs> they eat the silage from the, from the feedlot. Yeah. And they're delicious. So, you know, the, a lot of the people there, when I did these smoked pigeon uh, tacos, street tacos, they're going, oh, no thanks. No thanks. Mm-hmm. No thanks. And then people would, a couple of them would eat them and they go, wow, these are incredible. And then the other guy said, okay, I'll have one. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the size difference? I mean, those pigeons are pretty big. Did you get a lot of meat off the pigeons? Yeah, the pigeons are great. So, you you know, you figure an average morning dove size that most people understand, kind of double that, yeah. and that is a collared or Eurasian dove. Uh-huh. Maybe go at least double again on that, and that's the size of the pigeon breast. Really? Just brine them in high mountain brine. Yeah. Put them in the Camp Chef smoker in the pellet grill, got some smoke on it, chopped them up, seasoned them, put them in a tortilla shell, Mm -hmm. and people ate them and ate them up, every one of them. Keeping it in the bird theme, though, Jimbo and I were having a debate. How do you say it? Is it Cacalacus you're going down in Texas to go hunting next week? Chachalaca. Chachalaca. Isn't that the Mexican tree pheasant? It is the Mexican tree pheasant. That's what they call them. There's a, there's four counties in Texas where you can hunt them. Yeah. And so we're going to be down around McAllen, right down on the border, where all that mess is down there with the border. Yeah. And so um, I'll let you know what I see. Um, <laughs> but we're, we're told we should be okay where we're going to go hunting. But I tried to shoot these things where we're in Mazatlan duck hunting. And they kept flying across the trees, and we could never get close enough to them. And we've been blown out by weather in Texas, so it looks like weather is good. We're booked, and we're going to be shooting chachalacas this weekend. Now, how big are those, though? It's kind of, it's like a, probably grouse size, but they look a little leaner. They look like a, you could cross a, a road runner with a pheasant. Um, <laughs> they do a lot of running. They fly in, in trees, uh, back and forth in trees. So I'm looking forward to eating them. I've never cooked one. So um, that's one of the ones. You know, normally with a dead meat show, I like to find local people show me how they cook stuff. But there's no local people where we're going there. Um, so I'm going to be cooking the chocolate. a lot. Well, you know, it's interesting. Maybe what we ought to do is tell Wiley Coyote about these guys. Maybe he could catch them. <laughs> they could catch him. Hey, we got to take a break. Scott, can you stick around? I can. All right. Hey, we're talking with Scott Lakeseth, and he's the host of Dead Meat on uh, Saturdays at 1230 Eastern Time on Sportsman Channel. All new Season 5 kicking off November 6th. That is this week and this Saturday. Uh, This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Scott, to learn more about you, Dead Meat, your adventures, get some awesome recipes, buddy. Where can we find you online? Sportingchef.com for recipes. Also, ducks.org for waterfowl recipes. And if you go to the Dead Meat Sporting Chef and Fishmonger shows on <laughs> Outdoor and Sportsman Channel, we got more stuff there, too. You bet. Hey, more Scott Lacef right after this. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Always one click away from connecting with the show. Point your browser to JimandTrav.com for show archives, buy or bust, Jim's blog, Trav's take, Mrs. Bunny, and tips and tactics from our family of hunting and fishing professionals. JimandTrav.com, constantly updated, always cutting edge. Check us out now and stay tuned. The revolution will continue right after these messages. Join Outdoor Channel on Mondays and prepare for a wild food feast. These birds were flying an hour ago. (laughs) 
Taste of the Wild is two must-see hours of hunting, fishing, and foraging with cutting-edge host Mike Robinson, Mario Calpo, Stephen Rinella, and Nick Hoffman. I'm blown away by the hunting culture and the food. If I was alive three lifetimes, I would never think to do that. Taste of the Wild, Mondays beginning at 7 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. High Mountain Seasonings. Do yourself a flavor with over 200 different items. And look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Travis on the air and DIY Outdoorsmen. Now let's get back to Scott Lasaf, host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIM. MTNJerky.com. This is part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking DIY outdoorsmen on this week's show. And of course, we had Scott on for part one. And I got to tell you some interesting things about doves and so forth. But you know, Scott, one thing I've noticed with doves, there are two types of breast meat. You've got the dark meat, which is the inner meat. And then you have the outer, which is white. Uh, why is that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Um, let me make up an answer on that one. <laughs> that would um, be good. Actually, nope, I got nothing. Jimbo's got this well, really great story about Stouffer's Restaurant. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, be, because because doves are migratory, if you think about ducks and so forth, they have red meat in their breast. And so, therefore, I think it's for those long hauls that they have to fly. What do you think? It sounds as feasible as any other explanation. I'm in. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'll go for it. Um, yeah, so sure. Now, you also went snipe hunting, okay? Are those pretty good? They are. And what was cool about the snipe hunt is we were in a giant uh, swamp buggy in Florida, mm-hmm. um, and we had a pit bull for our bird dog. So the pit bull <laughs> would find and flush the snipe. And for people that don't know, snipe is not – the joke with the burlap sack where you send somebody out in the woods yeah, and flashlight. wait, we're going to run them to you. There is actually, there there are Jack Snipe and Wilson Snipe, and they're kind of marshy birds, long bills. They kind of look like a woodcock. Really? Um, the meat on them is, it's actually less than a dove, but I think the flesh, the meat itself is milder than a dove. Really? Um, it was, Snipe was the first game bird I shot as a kid. I had a 20-gauge single-shot HR topper gun, and I remember I was out. The snipe flies out of the marsh, and my buddy says, stay down, stay down, because it circles right back to kind of the same basic area, and it took me about half a box to finally kill one, but that was a very sentimental for me because it was first bird I shot. But we were in, in Florida doing the snipe thing, and then we also shot these pigs in a sugarcane field, and I'll tell you, it, it, you definitely are what you eat when it comes to a wild pig. The sugar cane eating pigs were exceptionally good. Now, didn't you, because it's funny you say that, before you had mentioned, I think you were out in Hawaii and you shot some hogs that were like eating macadamia nuts or something like that. Um, it, it really seems like their their diet really does influence their meat. It's like when you go out west, you have all the mule deer, they eat sagebrush, they kind of taste like dust, you know? <laughs> um, that's kind of right. cool though, you know? Were they a lot sweeter, those hogs? They were a lot milder and like the macadamia nut pigs that actually I had that again a couple weeks ago on Molokai, the, um, the macadamia nut pigs, you know, if you go to Texas and you shoot a pig, the fat on the older males 
It's yellowish. It's hard. This on a 180-pound male macadamia nut fed pig, the flesh was white and creamy. We added the fat from that pig to the grind to make sausage, and that's something that you just don't do with a Texas hog. Now, you know, it, really interesting and something uh, you had pointed out off air, uh, and you had just mentioned you were out there in Malachi in your hunting access deer. Uh, you actually had a USDA inspector riding along with you. Um, and now, since they are not native to that area, is that why they can actually harvest them and sell the meat? There, so these access deer are from India originally. They yeah. were brought there a couple hundred years ago as a gift to to the king of Hawaii, and they have absolutely exploded on Molokai. Molokai's only got about 6,500 residents. You get there on a local prop plane. There's no big resorts or any of that kind of stuff. What there is is they've got they're in the about to be in the third year of a drought. Mm. Um, they have roughly fifty to sixty thousand access deer on oh, the island. Wow! And you'll see, especially on the dry side, there is no vegetation on the ground. It's nothing but access scat everywhere. Mm. So they've had to actually put feed out to keep these guys alive. So. Because of the overpopulation, there's no season, there's no limit. Um, this guy, Des Manaba, decided to turn an asset or a liability into an asset, and he takes a USDA inspector out with him. They've got spotlights at night. It's like South Africa driving through at night type stuff. There's eyeballs everywhere. Mm. This guy has to shoot him in the head or it's no longer a USDA inspected animal. He'll shoot 24 animals at night. Each one of them are shot in the head. He's that good. Wow. Because they don't want, they don't, obviously for USDA, the meat itself can't be compromised if you've got a gut shot or any of those kind of things. So he's got to shoot them in the head. They process them right away and then they, they sell them, uh, retail and wholesale. And it's that access meat, if you haven't had it, is absolutely as good as deer meat gets. Mm. Yeah, I know. I've had it down in Texas. Of course, there's a lot of access deer down there, and it is very, very fine grain meat. And uh, but I tell you what, you can cut it with a fork. Are, are they a lot smaller than just like your typical whitetail? You know, the, the uh, average size female there is about one twenty, and oh. the males are maybe one forty, one sixty. So pretty good size. Um, a twenty eight, twenty eight to thirty is kind of their their big antler. That's their trophy animals. Yeah, but if you go it's going to cost you about maybe twenty eight hundred to three thousand dollars to shoot one with antlers, and then they'll let you shoot a doe or two while you're there because there are so many of them. So what you're going to come home with is a giant cooler full of meat. And there's also Rio Grande turkeys. There's Franklins, which is like a quail-like thing. There's pheasant. There's wild hogs. Go to Molokai. Um, but one of the things on Molokai, a lot of signs say visit. Spend, go home. They don't want to turn it into Maui. <laughs> hey, we got to take another break, but guys, stick around, huh? Yep. All right. Hey, we're talking with Scott Layseth. He's the host of Dead Meat. Saturdays at 1230 <sighs> Eastern Time on Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, all new season five kicking off this weekend, November 6th. And this has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Again, Mr. Scott. More about you, Dead Meat, the Sporting Chef, everything you have going on, where you're going to be headed, where can we find you online? Sportingchef.com for recipes. Go to, if you want to see what's going on, always go to the 
uh, Sportsman Channel website. You'll see the full schedule. Dead Meat is also on uh, on Outdoor Channel, too. So it's on both channels. It's on MOTV. I'm easy to find. You bet. Hey, more Scott Laseth right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Protein Throwdown. Wild game I love you, hey. You know he loves you. And you're always gonna be my baby. This is the revolution with Jim and Trav. Wherever you are, whenever you need it, we are only a click away. Online at JimandTrav.com. Stay tuned. The revolution will be right back. He's a wilderness athlete, instinctive hunter, angler and forager, and gourmet wild food chef. Man Eats Wild host Mario Calpo will inspire you as he crosses oceans, mountains, and deserts. I kind of have a feeling like I'm up with the gods. doesn't get any better. In search of the freshest, cleanest wild game on the planet. This is 100% wild food. Man Eats Wild, Mondays at 7.30 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Chardonnay Finishing Sauce is one of the many tasty treats that awaits you at High Mountain Seasonings. Order your jerky and sausage kits, snack and sticks, marinades, rubs and shakers, and more by going to HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. DIY Outdoorsman is on today's Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, once again, here's Scott Lasaf, host of Dead Meat on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part three. Hey, we are back. We're talking DIY Outdoorsman. If there's ever a DIYer, it's got to be Scott Lasaf. And I got to ask you this question. Is it very often that you have a co-host? Now, you had a little gal by the name of Lucy Cardet. Is that right? Lucy Cardet is a cardiac nurse, a spear fishing guide, a free dive instructor. She can free dive down to 120 feet. So I oh, my God. Lucy, Lucy, we were um, tagging sharks, and so it just happened that most of the sharks Lucy caught. Lucy spent at least 40 minutes with about an eight-foot tiger shark oh. before we could tag it. Jeez, oh, Pete. Wow. And I've got to assume that people would rather see Lucy battle an eight-foot tiger shark uh, than me. You know, now you uh, recently went to Alaska, and uh, you were kind of talking about it and all, all the cool stuff you did there. You made, though, octopus sausage. I love octopus. How is it in octopus sausage? It's really, really good. So we we had a guy. We were we were on the Kenai, yeah, and not doing the standard, you know, elbow to elbow fly fishing thing. That doesn't really do much for me anyway. We wanted to find out some of the lesser eaten fish and 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 things like octopus. We had a guy along with us. This real salty charters people that we were with flew in their chef buddy Dylan um, from Montana. Who did, among other things, he did, he made sausage out of, out of octopus. You peel the octopus, cut off all the little suction cups, mm-hmm. grind it up. You know, what I would do, I'd use a high mount, any of the high mountain sausage kits would work great if you happen to have a freezer full of octopus. Um, <laughs> you you he, do. He, it's he, my he, desire. He, he, used, he used a little seasoning, some cream. You tie it up in a plastic wrap. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of tie off both ends so it's like a sausage type of shape. Yeah. And then you can just put it in boiling water. What he did with his is he just made it into patties. 
mm-hmm. which is the easier way to do it. They were incredible, not chewy, you know, because they've been ground up. So you just get this really good octopus flavor. Another thing that we did was dogfish. Yeah. That is basically anybody that's ever fished where there's a lot of dogfish or dogfish shark, they're just really annoying because they do this little twist and they twist up your line when you're trying to catch other fish. Mm-hmm. And it's one another one of those things where you talk to people and you say, hey, man, have, have you ever eaten dogfish? And they go, no, I haven't eaten dogfish. Why would I, why would I want to do that? They're delicious. They're really good. It's Apparently, it's what they eat a lot of in the U.K. for fish and chips. They'll eat these dogfish. But we over here, we don't we're, we're we've got an attitude and we don't eat them. Yeah. Stuffed the dogfish, it was really, really good. It wasn't quite as good as the halibut, but, you know, halibut's got another little story, too. Yeah. Well, the thing is, with dogfish, though, don't they look like a shark? They do. They do. They look like a shark, um, but, but no they're teeth. just kind of a nuisance. It's, it's kind of like when you're fishing for mahi-mahi in the Caribbean or whatever it is, and, or, and you just happen to be, there's nothing but barracuda. And people that have done this will go, oh, yeah, boy. You know, you just, you can't avoid the barracuda. Well, the dogfish can be the same way. And as it turns out, they're actually pretty good to eat. Yeah. Now, you, you had mentioned halibut. Didn't on that trip you catch like a 134-pounder? It was a good one, yeah, 134-pounder. And it was, what you don't see on the show, I don't think, I haven't seen the edited version, is that I puked up my breakfast burrito just before I caught the halibut. Coming again. Got a little bit of that octopus sausage. <laughs> so so on the way out, we're going, you know, they handed us, me and the camera guy these two giant breakfast burritos. And I'm thinking, God, I'm full. I really don't want to eat any more of this. Yeah, but I don't want to have to deal with it. So I ate the whole freaking thing. Oh. And then, and I've never been seasick before. As many times as I've been out. Never been seasick all these years. I'm going, oh boy, this isn't good. <laughs> oh. And then, of course, after I worked, I catch a halibut. Next thing I know, it's the camera guy uh, over the edge, too, doing kind of pretty much the same thing. But my guess is you're not going to see that on the show. That's a little behind the scenes story. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I've caught halibut before and caught big ones like your 134 pounder. It's like pulling up a barn door. It, you know, it really is. And, I, you know, for the halibut fishing, to me, it's more about the eating than the catching. The uh-huh. catching is okay. It's not one of my favorite things to do, but we wanted to see what's out there. Um, we caught some nice cod, which, you know, they're not that big of a fighter. It's like pulling up a little football deal. But um, we were we were look we were targeting some of the less eaten fish. But we figured as long as we were there, we might as well fish for hell of it, too. Yeah, once again, hanging out with Scott Layseth. He's the host of Dead Meat. Uh, that is Saturdays, 1230 p.m. Eastern Time, Sportsman Channel, all-new Season 5, kicking off this weekend. Uh, it's this Saturday, November 6th. Now, real quick, last question. Um, you've been to so many different places, Mr. Scott. And you are a well-trained, amazing chef. If you had to live off the land, like solely, get all of your protein, your fish, your birds, your big game, where would you want to live? You know, the warmer climates, yes, they have their upsides and their downs. You go to someplace like Alaska, sure, it does get cold, but it's very bountiful. If you were to solely live off the land, out of all the places you've been, where would you want to be? You know, this is going to sound really strange, but, uh, you know, I know California better than most places. Really? Um, people that complain, you know, it's politically, 
it's just a freaking nightmare. It's it's <laughs> all the worst things happen. California and New York, Illinois just infects the rest of the country. Yeah. Um, I understand. When I one of the things when I when I do travel, I'm very specific. I say I'm from Northern California. I'm from the other <laughs> California. We have as much fish and game. We're a little short on deer, mm-hmm. but I mean we've got fish and game here forever. We've got as many ducks as, as, you know, we're always in the top two or three duck harvest in the country. Mm. We've got ocean fish. We've got freshwater fish. We've got tons of forage. Um, everything grows here. The weather is mild. People that complain about the weather here, I tell them just move anywhere else. Um, as long as you stay away from the cities, California is country. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're farmers. We grow stuff. It just costs us a whole lot more money to live here. Mm. But I, I mean, I could live off the land in California easier than any place I've ever been. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there, Scott. We've been talking with Scott Layseth. He's the host of Dead Meat on Saturdays at 1230 Eastern Time on Sportsman's Channel. Yeah, all new Season 5 kicking off this Saturday, November 6th. And this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Now, are pretty much all the, the first four seasons of Dead Meat on My Outdoor TV? Um, the first are, yes. I, I think first three, four seasons. You can also get, uh, uh, you can get Sporting Chef on there also. Yeah. Our other show, one of our other shows. And um, My Outdoor TV, you could start watching My Outdoor TV now. And you'd still be watching your TV three years from now. There's so much content there. <laughs> yeah. Also, you have a, a podcast, great podcast. Love listening to it with uh, Michelle Schuerman. Where can we find that? Uh, go to the sportingchef.com website and click on the podcast tab, and that'll take you there. You bet. Hey, coming up next is Dave Folson. He's doing something. He's doing something. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tr- <laughs> He's the host of Trichicon's World of Sports and Field. That's Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. He will be up next, right after these words from our sponsors. But first, here's Mrs. Bunny with some wild boar kebabs. Bon appetit! Mrs. Bunny. She's our very own Bill O'Reilly, but with better hair. Rosemary skewers. Rosemary and pork is a classic combination. Make the rosemary pull double duty by using the sprigs as skewers for your wild boar kebabs. Just remove the leaves from the stem, leaving an inch or two of them at the top, and add the meat just like you would on a regular skewer. The rosemary will add its flavor to the meat, and you'll have delicious wild boar kebabs. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Live 24-7 at JimandTrav.com. Connect with the number one outdoor radio show on the planet and stay tuned. The Revolution will be right back. If you want to make a name for yourself in rodeo, start early. It takes a lot to be a rodeo kid. They'll sacrifice everything to make it to the top. If there's a time to peak, it's Vegas. It's the most exciting night ever. Some people let nerves get to them, some people don't. It does make a mama nervous. It's good in the rodeo industry to have a very short memory. Kid Rodeo, Fridays at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on Outdoor Channel. Want to get your kids involved after the hunt? Try our new hot dog making kit that they are sure to love. High Mountain Seasonings is your one-stop shop for everything delicious. Visit us online at HIMTNJerky.com. That's HIMTNJerky.com. 
Thanks for tuning into the revolution with Jim and Trav with our DIY Outdoorsman Show. It's on. It's on. It's happening. Now kicking off a two-parter with Dave Fulson, host of Trigicon's World of Sports Afield on Sportsman Channel. Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. This is part one. Hey, we are back. We're talking DIY outdoorsman. And uh, I got to tell you, our next guest, man, he knows everything about leopards because he's got spots. That's right. You know what? Scott Layseth, he's going to cook anything that Dave kills. Anyway, Scott was before the break. Dave Fulson, he is just now joining us. He is the host of Trigicon's World of Sports Field on Sportsman Channel. That is Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern time. You guys are in what, Mr. Dave? Your 11th season. Is that right? I think on uh, Sports Afield, we're probably in our ninth season, and I believe we're in our 17th season of tracks across Africa. And Holy cow. cow. Wow. Holy cow. If you add all yeah, that we've up. we've been doing it a while, boy. Yeah. My gosh, that is a lot of adventure. One thing I want to get into with you, and I think this is so interesting, uh, Jimbo had mentioned leopard hunting. Um, would you say out of all the dangerous game, leopard is one of your favorite to pursue, sir? No, I'd say it is my favorite. <laughs> is it no really? Maybe, there's no maybe to it. <laughs> now, what is, no, it, what is it about it that's so intriguing? Well, well where do you start? It, uh, to me, I call it hunting's greatest chess match because, mm-hmm. you know, unlike, you know, a lot of hunts like a buffalo hunt or an elephant hunt where you're tracking them and you're following where they lead until you catch them with a leopard, you're trying to get him to come uh, to a specific place at a specific time of your choosing where you can shoot him, you know, in legal shooting hours, and you're trying to convince him to claim meat that he knows he didn't kill, that mm. he's stealing what he believes is from another leopard. He's not trying to think, well, this is Dave trying to uh, trick me again, but, uh, you know, it is truly a chess game, and, and the leopard makes a move, and then the hunter will counter with a move, and, and this goes on and on until you eventually have a conclusion. Now, hopefully that conclusion is him on a uh, on a bait branch, uh, you know, with you with a clear shot at him, and you're going to get your leopard. It doesn't always happen like that, but, you know, that's what you're always trying for. And uh, it is it – is, there's no animal in Africa, guys, that's made me sweat, froze me to death, <laughs> made me get up and come home at more ridiculous hours and the mental strain of it. But I tell people, you know, it's kind of like fishing for marlin. It's a lot of work until you get a bite. And then it becomes <laughs> the most exciting thing you've ever done. But yeah. when you get the payoff, there's nothing better in Africa. Well, it's really funny. When I was over there and uh, we were tracking a buffalo that I'd shot, uh, we were right in the middle of a big herd of impala. And the guy said, uh, do you want to shoot an impala? I said, oh, well, yeah. He said, uh, I need one for bait. I understand that's one of their favorite things to eat is impala, and you put it up a tree. Well, look, it depends on where you hunt. You know, we do a lot of hunting, you know, where there's a lot of lion around, and lion are more than happy to pinch your bait. Uh, so, you know, when a leopard makes a, a kill on his own, if he's in an area that has lion or has hyena, uh, then, you know, he, he's not going to be able to successfully defend his meat from either one of those species. So he his only alternative is to take it where they can't get to it. Mm. And sometimes I, I've seen baits and zebras and stuff you wouldn't even believe the leopard could get up in a tree all the way up in the very top of an acacia tree or, you know, a sausage tree, you know, and you think, how in the world? That's a half-grown 
uh, zebra stallion, but you know, you got a hundred and, you know, 60 pound cat took it 40 feet up into the air, but that is their best way to keep, uh, you know, uh, their hunting success to themselves and not have to share it with a lion. Or hunt, you know? Yeah. Isn't it something like when you, when you go on a leopard hunt, Mr. Dave, that the, they generally start like around a 14 day hunt and up because it is so much time waiting, so much time hunting. It's not a quick, easy, you know, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, get it over and done with type of deal. I mean, usually when you hunt leopard, you don't hunt anything else until it's done. Is that right? Well, that, that that's partially right now, like a, you know, a buffalo and a leopard combination hunt, you know, that's a pretty good hunt because, you know, you're hunting buffaloes at the time where you're not baiting for the leopards, yeah. you know, hunting buffalo early, and then, you know, we don't start baiting, uh, checking baits and refreshing baits till about 10, 10.30 or so, and by that time, a leopard's usually pushed off, he's went to lay up for the day, he's fed, you know, at night or early in the morning, and so it makes sense to hunt buffalo, but you don't want to book a leopard hunt and say, like, you're hunting elephant. Yeah. Uh, or two very time-consuming deals. I mean, I wrote an article not long ago about a guy, you know, wanting to do Elephant and, and, or excuse me, lion and leopard. Uh, on a 21 day safari, that makes sense. But on a 14 day safari, like you'll generally have in Zambia or, you know, Zimbabwe, where we do a lot of our hunting, you know, it, it is a specific, um, time requirement to hunt leopard correctly. 14 days is about right. Cause you've got to get baits. You've got to kind of bait your trot line, so to speak, throughout the hunting area. And then every day, every day, if you do it right, you've got to recheck baits, freshen baits as they rot, or, you know, get eat, fed on by a leopard, or maybe stole by a lioness. But you've got to check your bait run every single day. And then, you know, done correctly, we do bait drags, you know, with the gut bucket, you know, we'll drag from all points across a road, from water holes up a dry riverbed where we know a leopard's traveling, hoping he'll hit that scent drag and follow it back to the tree. And then once he does, he looks up there, and if he's a big leopard like we're hunting, he says, uh-huh, somebody just lost their lost their dinner because <laughs> it's mine now. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it happens in leopard society. They are not above thieving from, you know, females or a a younger male and they often uh they often do that yeah well the the hardest part for me would be to sit still and be quiet because i mean when you're hunting a predator i mean all of their senses are keen especially when they're up there feeding and whatever and boy i have heard tell where if you just make a simple move they can hear it and they're gone is that true? Yeah, it, it just depends on the cat. You know, there's a couple things to factor into that. An area where, you know, they've been hunted fairly hard. Yeah, they are. It's spooky how, uh, how wary they are. And, you know, any sound that doesn't, doesn't fit into their daily life is going to get their full attention. I mean, no, no coughing, no sneezing, no throat clearing, no talking. <laughs> It is, it is silence and it's not for everybody. I mean, we all know people that have better patience levels than, you know, maybe another guy. If you are not a fan of sitting still and hell, I'm not a fan of sitting still, but it's the price you pay to play that game. So you are going to spend a lot of your safari, um, and call that, you know, I made mention earlier of an article I wrote. And I titled it Africa Through a Peephole. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, if you like doing two cat safaris, you can spend your entire time looking through a little hole the size of a softball. <laughs> and, you know, if a guy wants to be constantly on the move and, you know, seeing new sights, then there's nothing wrong with that. 
then leopard is probably not a hunt that he wants to do. It would make a terrible first safari, I would say that. It's kind of a graduate course, let's call it. <laughs> you yeah. bet. Hey, Dave, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? You betcha. All right. Hey, we're talking with Dave Fulson. He's the host of Trigicon's uh, World of Sports of Field on Sportsman's Channel Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. Yeah, also you can get DSC's Tracks Across Africa. Uh, normally arrows on Outdoor Channel, but right now it can be seen on MOTV. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman's Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Mr. Dave, to learn more about you, your awesome adventures, everything uh, you guys do, your television shows, where can we find you online, man? Just Google Safari Classic Productions. We'll come up about 30 times with the different things that we're involved in, and that's, that's the quickest way to probably connect with us. You bet. Hey, more Dave Fulson right after this. Don't go anywhere. The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Connect with the boys on social media and at JimandTrav.com to access a whole world of exclusive outdoor awesomeness. Just trust me. I promise you'll all love it. Like Jim's blog, Trav's take, buy or bust, professional hunting and fishing tips and tactics, wherever you are, whenever you need it. JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The Revolution will continue next. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav's DIY Outdoorsman Show. Now, let's rejoin the boys and Dave Fulson, host of Trijicon's World of Sports Afield on Sportsman Channel, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. This is part two. Hey, we're continuing on DIY Outdoorsman on this week's show. And, of course, before the break, we had Dave Folson on talking about leopard hunting and, and the difficulty of doing that. And, and uh, you know, one of the things, Dave, that I noticed when I was over there, it was very, very affordable. You can go to Africa and uh, about the price of an elk hunt or even a white-tailed deer hunt in South Texas, can't you? Yeah, it depends on what you're hunting. If you're going to add, when you start throwing dangerous game into the mix, you know, you're going to pay some more. But to your point, you know, a guy can go over and hunt, like, let's just say South Africa or Namibia and do a Plains game hunt. And he can, you know, he's going to have a great hunt, unbelievable accommodations, see a lot of country, see a lot of game, and take, you know, five or six really great animals for the same thing he would uh, spend on a, a really uh, well done uh, Rocky Mountain elk hunt, and and a lot of people don't know that. And you know, with airlines today, you know, to tell you the truth, if you and I left right now for say Namibia hunting, and our buddy was leaving the same day uh, to hunt in Alaska, by the time he comes in on a bush plane, you and I can be hunting in Namibia faster than he can in Alaska because you have the twenty four hour. Uh, you know, time period you can't hunt from the time you fly. So, you know, you can get there quick. And, you know, that's absolutely the worst part of Africa is the, the travel over there. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's not that bad. Yeah. Now, direct quote from you, game meat is the original reward of the hunting experience. And you've hunted on, you know, maybe this might not be updated, uh, four continents and have taken over 75 species of big game. That is so impressive, Mr. Dave. Out of all of those animals, all those experiences, what is your favorite wild game to eat? My favorite wild game to eat is there's really two of them. One of them we find here and one of them we find in Africa. In Africa, Eland is really? just absolutely Ooh. the filet mignon of the, the bush belt. It is just beautiful.
beautiful meat and and most people if you ask 10 professional hunters nine of them would say uh elon if all 10 of them didn't say elon and over here in the states of access deer and i'm lucky i live in texas and you know have access <laughs> i have access to access <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of them here but i mean i think uh, 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 a big bad access uh buck or doe is just about as good as it gets over here and i I try to put one in the freezer every single season. Yeah, you know, one of my favorites here in North America is moose. Of all of the wild game, I think moose has the greatest flavor. But I, when I was hunting in Africa and, uh, you know, I took a zebra, the guy that I was hunting with was from Zimbabwe, and he said his favorite was eating the loins out of a zebra. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, zebra doesn't rate uh, very high on most people's list, to tell you the truth. Uh, you know, I have eaten a little zebra, and, you know, it's like anything else. You can take the prize-winning steer at the Texas State Fair, <laughs> and if you treat it like some people do their, their game meat, and it's, you know, it's not cool properly, and, you know, hangs up, and it's hot, and all that, you know, it's going to taste like a Frisbee before it's all, all done. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you want to take care of your meat, and uh, but I tell you one thing about moose, they're a freezer filler in a hurry. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, all right. Mr. Dave Folson, the host of Trijicon's World of Sports Afield at Sportsman Channel, Saturdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time alongside James Reed. Uh, this season currently airing, man. What can we come to expect, buddy? Well, the World of Sports Afield, guys, what we pattern our show after is one of our, you know, partners, in, you know, the Sports Afield magazine, which is, you know, big game adventure hunting. We don't do bird shoots and stuff. You know, it's, it's big game and it could be in Texas. It could be in Tanzania. It could be in Australia. It can be in Canada. Literally the, the title is descriptive of our episodes. You could be anywhere, uh, in the world hunting and we've covered most of it, uh, you know, during the, the run of this series. And that's the way, uh, we've had really good luck with it and we'll continue with that. You know, with that uh, business model. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Dave Folson. He's the host of Trishicon's World of Sports Afield on Sportsman's Channel, Saturday nights at 8 o'clock Eastern Time. And this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop a line and check them out today, YamahaMotorsports.com. Mr. Dave, again, to learn more about you, Trishicon's World of Sports Afield, DSC's tracks across Africa. People can now catch it on uh, MOTV. Everything you guys have going on, James Reed, work we find you online buddy go to sportsman's channel or outdoor channel and uh you just click in the name of the episode you know we've got dark and dangerous with hornady uh we've got the uh, dallas safari clubs tracks across africa trichcon's world of sports afield and uh, you want to find out air times and all that just pop on outdoor channel or sportsman and we will be there you bet hey we got to take a break pay some bills and trav and i'll be right back JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. It's time to reimagine the off-road experience because Yamaha has reimagined the side-by-side. Available in either two- or four-seat models, the Wolverine R-Max 1000 lineup sets a new benchmark in the off-road world. Featuring a 999cc parallel twin engine, aggressive tires, and an automotive-style cabin. And select models include high-performance Fox IQS in-cab adjustable suspension, all-new D-Mode to optimize power delivery, 
an integrated Yamaha Adventure Pro navigation system, and much more. Visit YamahaMotorsports.com to learn more about the Wolverine R-Max 1000. It's time to get out there and realize your adventure with Yamaha. Professional driver on closed course. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and product warning labels before operation. Vehicle specifications subject to change. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Great show, everyone. We just gotta get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Travis this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week when we talked about DIY outdoors with Dave Fulson and Scott Lysa. Two awesome outdoorsmen and uh, Jimbo, last word, man. Hey, last word is we go on the air in Garden City, Kansas this week. Uh, KBUF. That's right. Yeah, if you are in Garden City, that area, make sure you listen to us. If not, uh, bah humbug. You're a bad person. Drive over to Ulysses and you can listen to us too over there. Yeah, and make sure you get outdoors this weekend. Take some kiddos with you. Hammer home firearm safety. More importantly, though, just recreate outdoors as a family. We gotta go. We will return next week, though, with another Revolution with Jim and Trav. All right, so God bless you and the United States of America. We love you so much. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.